Hello, friends. This is Matt McDonald from The Classic Crime. And I want to let you know something. We are playing, my wife and I are playing acoustic songs on Saturday nights on Twitch for free. So we're doing uh, the classic crime songs. We're doing vocal few songs. We're covering songs. Sometimes we're freestyling randomly. Uh, often we are drinking a beverage of our choice. Uh, you are welcome to have a beverage of your choice, any, any beverage. Uh, we sometimes burn sage. We toast. We laugh. We meme. We have fun. Saturday nights at 9 p.m. PST. It's called Quarantunes. So while we were in lockdown, we set this thing up where we started doing shows and it kind of became a thing and we went away for a while and now we're coming back. So Quarantunes Season 2, Saturday nights, twitch.tv slash theclassicmat. That's twitch.tv slash theclassicmat. It's free. It's fun. Join us. It's going to be good. Saturday nights, 9 p.m. PST. See you there. You remember uh, we so we were riding down our bus and we had that we had an asshole uh, bus driver Timmy and uh, and uh, we told Burn, hey there's something we called you guys and we said hey there's something wrong with the back of the bus we think our lights are out can you pull up right <laughs> behind our bus while we're going down the highway like you know 60 70 miles an hour you pull up right behind our bus and see if you can see it and they, they were on the phone, and they, they pulled up behind us, and then Timmy hit the lever and shot all of our piss onto their van. <laughs> it opened right up and went complete. I mean, your van was just covered in it. And I, and I think y'all said, hey, something just came out. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't know it was me. You thought something bad. Something's you were, wrong with the bus. You were warning us, hey, yeah, huge hey something bad's here. happening to the bus. But literally, that was the, the, the thing that we did. And, I, and you know what's cool? Y'all didn't really get mad. I, I, I was really glad about that. Yeah. Through car wash. We, weren't little, yeah we weren't little bitches. Right. We were all right. Some people get except, super except mad for on tour. I remember on Warp Tour, I don't know, I think it was like 2008 with you guys, where you guys would do like um, shake, shaking, shaking buses. I don't know what you called it. Rock the bus. Rock yeah. the bus. Yeah, yeah. You go. You like. You get like 10 people on the side of someone's bus, and you just yeah. start pushing together in unison, and the whole bus starts shaking. And then, of course, the band comes out, or the tour manager comes out, and everyone's pissed off. Yeah. But, like, you I mean, getting... you're not pissed off. I mean, think about it, though, for a second. You're on warp Tour, sitting on your bus and after drinking with your friends. Yeah. All of a sudden, you, you're around a bunch of buses. All of a sudden, you feel yeah. a gentle motion that g- yeah. gradually increases, and you look around each other and go, this is weird. And you no. look outside, and some <laughs> friends of yours... Are shaking are your bus, just right. moving your bus back and forth. Yeah. Now, They're, would you be angry about that? You shouldn't. You shouldn't. You shouldn't be angry. <laughs> like, I remember some bands were angry because I went yeah, with you I guys. Know. That's why I can't understand though. And uh, some people were really pissed off. But I remember, like, I think we did Census Fails bus or something. And they were cool. I think. I think Buddy it's just was cool. Funny. But, Silverstein yeah. was mad, but they, and they, was like, they was came mad. out like, who yeah. the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's you fuck guys. Oh, okay, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Like, they come out like, what it's the fuck? They're, it's because like, they're Canadian. <laughs> they're like, they're trying to hockey fight you every yeah. time you, you yeah, do something. That sounds about right. <laughs> With Silverstein. Yeah, it was. But, <laughs> they, they don't they're have, like, they do oh, not. okay, whatever. But you could, you know, they, they, 
right. the first reaction was, what the fuck is somebody yeah. doing to us? It's what is funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's playing like, oh, Kobe and Matt, you know. Right, right. Well, the problem with that, the, like, nobody in that band is even funny at all. Like, they don't, <laughs> they don't have a single funny person at all. That's funny. That's <laughs> funny. So, that's the reason. If you even had one funny person to calibrate the whole that's group. What, that's what Logan said about our band, and he's probably right. But Logan, I mean, he tried to embarrass us on the bus once. Uh, line check. Logan used to used to check Emery's lines. <laughs> Weird. But uh, but he's he's this uh, he's he's a loudmouth braggart is what he is. And he was like, well, you guys had like a, a a VIP on your bus, and like me and Robbie walk on, and he's like, look at the classic crime. These guys aren't funny at all. These guys are the least funny band ever. And then we did some impression of Matt and made everyone laugh and then went back to the, the back of the bus. But now, <laughs> Robbie and Skip are funny, but not in the they way don't that, inten- they don't intend they to be don't, funny. No, they don't know. They don't and know. I'm only funny. funny when I'm drunk, so I'm not really, I can't claim to be that funny. Robbie is one of my favorite people on earth. And y'all know that, that he can do no, when he shoots a video of himself, he can do no wrong in my eyes. I he does love really it. Good. I, yeah. I wish to God there was a Robbie reality show. Just Robbie. There, That's what there it's called. Is. It's just his Facebook page. You can. That's true. You can but I mean, it's so go watch great. Stuff. He, he's just a wild man. It's just funny. And yeah. I, he's like one of the easiest people to be around. Like you don't ever have to worry about, keeping the conversation going or him not holding his half of the, he is going to no. talk as much as anybody. Yeah. He won't, it won't be awkward with him. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he, he won't, he won't never, shut up, but yeah. But he's always um, like, he is always present with you when you're talking to him. He's not, yeah, that's he's right. not thinking about something else. He just never is. That, yeah. Like it's when you talk to him, you're like, oh, this is happening now. It's like yeah. a good feeling. Right. He yeah, need, very present. He, he needs attention and he will sit there and, and take up all of your time for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'll call me and just sit there and just bullshit for like two hours in the middle of the day. I'm like, dude, don't you work? But yeah, he's good. He's a good <laughs> hang that, that way. <laughs> I liked uh, tour, tour managing him was very fun and easy. He was very easy to tour manage. Yeah. Because he he would just he was always very happy, and sure. you could just do very little if if you did anything for him at all, like get him a beer to bring it on stage. He just sure. thought, "Wow, that guy just yeah. put in the whole day's work for sure." Right, right now, right, right, yeah, he loves it, and and he likes laughing at other people's suffering, which is a good sense of humor. Like if someone yeah. trips and falls, he'll just die. He'll just die laughing. So that's a, that's a good sense of humor. I, I wouldn't say he's funny that way, but he has a sense. He has a sense. Lunsford, were, were, were you the funny guy in Assey's Burn? Uh, you have to be. No, no, not really. Well, here's what, all right. You said we were, that we didn't get mad about the piss thing. Yeah. Assey's Burn, as far as like me, Cody, TJ, and Colin, I think, I think we all, even Cody, who is the way he is, Cody can be very, very funny if yeah. you catch him on, on the right wavelength, right? And so TJ in that setting is definitely our funniest guy. TJ is one of the funniest people ever yeah. as far as just in a friend setting the stuff he he might do to make you laugh right but yeah uh i i was probably obnoxiously funny but not i think i got i think i've gotten funnier as i've gotten older as more bad stuff has happened to me mm. i've just gotten funnier that's how it works right yeah so n- nobody else in our band could have ever done stand up or anything like that but yeah. that's a different funny thing i think 
So yeah. Well, when we first started hanging out, well, you were a total asshole bitch because you were <laughs> you, you were married to your first wife. Oh no, <laughs> that's true. Who you were married who? to your first wife. Who my, stays my, married my, to their first wife? And that <laughs> one just did not go over good. That just no, didn't. I, that, no, that, you were like so me. nervous or thin. Remember yeah. how skinny you were? I know. Y'all liked me the first time we went on tour before I was with the one, right. the one right before uh, Tim uh, yeah. died. That was a good time. But then later when we shared a bus, I was wearing white leather shoes and shit yeah. and vest. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, long pointy shoes. Cool. Y'all did not like me. I, I didn't like know that. I, I was unaware. I didn't know. So. <laughs> white that leather was wrong. Was yeah, that was when, I mean, but it wasn't just us. Like, your band also agreed that that was douche. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was your douche phase. It was pretty brief. I'll give you that. Yeah. Well, I think there's something to be said that I came out on the other side and also that people kept me around and gave me a chance to, mm -hmm. you know, they, yeah. they saw what was happening. I was being, <laughs> you know, it was like saving Silverman. It's it that wasn't like <laughs> that fame went yeah. to your head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's hoping to save me somehow. But but then when that marriage ended and I came out to tour manager all for the first time on the under earth ABR tour, I was like immediately cool again. Like you immediately yeah, liked me again. Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, because you went through the shit. That that's a Emory standard with coming yeah. on tour with us. You had to go that's through some ideal. shit. I mean we, that, that we, seems like every single person did that. Yeah, we tend to really interface well with people at rock bottom. Right. We just, <laughs> that's when they're like, pick them up. Oh, yeah, I mean, rock, that's, that's, really what, right. that's really a big, really mega theme in, in our it, oh, totally. history is very that's, much that. <laughs> that's why I'm here now. <laughs> Don't get me around for yeah. 10 years. <laughs> it's, it's just yeah. something about people at rock bottom that is... I mean, I'm not, I don't know. It's not really intentional, but it's just honest. It's just like they're all, I mean, it's, it's like, I don't know. It's just as good. Lunsford is perpetual rock bottom. So we, we keep getting, he's never yeah. going to leave. Something's always, you are literally. He can't wait, he can't wait to graduate. Every, I remember on the text thread, he's always like, fuck you guys. I'm out. I finally got the job. I'm rich now. We can't be friends. <laughs> A week later, he's back. Lost Listen. the job. Rock bottom. <laughs> All right. Yesterday, I saw my old company, Eventbrite. They yeah. they're hiring again for my old job. All right. You're not still furloughed, I don't guess. <laughs> no, no, no. They, yeah, they. I mean, they laid off everybody. But yesterday, I went on the website because I was just I'm curious when that industry is going to start coming back. They are hiring like crazy because they're anticipating yeah what's going to happen going forward. And they're building a sales team again. And my old job was listed. And I was like, oh, holy shit. Maybe I'll apply. Maybe I can get it back. Right? They hired me once. Yeah. Right? I applied. I messaged my old manager. Three hours later, I got a generic HR email saying, we don't feel like you're the right fit for this position at this time. <laughs> it, it was oh, your job. Man. You didn't get fired from it. Did, I mean, I got laid off with 400 other people, right? And now they're hiring it again. Entry level job. It wow. took three hours for, to get a generic uh, HR email back. <laughs> <laughs> that quit. Like they were so happy. They did not know what, how long did you work there? You said your your old a company. <laughs> five weeks. Four weeks. Five yeah. weeks. Your old company. Five weeks. And, it, and in those five weeks, they were like, "Dear God, how do we get rid of him?" 
What do we do? <laughs> Lord, we'll take like, anything. God, this yeah, pandemic happened. Yeah, the pandemic is no. like, oh, thank you. What a blessing Jesus, in disguise. We, yeah. we anoint thee, Father. You are worthy of our praise. Chastity said, what if they staged the whole layoff just to get rid of me? Cassie's on to something there. Everybody still works there. They changed their LinkedIn's like they moved on to other companies. Like you would have had a much better chance at getting the job had you applied now and never previously worked there. (laughs) (laughs) That is crazy that they even I mean he sent you a letter immediately. It was like, no way. That was your actual boss? That you wrote? I messaged my boss like, hey, I'm, I'm reapplying for this job. I'd love to come. You know, I'd love to come yeah. back. Like, it, it'd be good. I liked the job when I had it. It paid pretty good. Something to do. And uh, within three, I got a generic within five minutes of, of him approving my connection on LinkedIn because we weren't connected. Five minutes later, the HR email came back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for applying. We thoroughly reviewed your application. While we're very impressed with your history, we do not feel like this position is the right fit for you at this time. <laughs> they already hired me for it once. So what does that say about them? Like, I, I was that, a good no, fit before. It says they learn from their mistakes. So what do you mean? <laughs> yeah, fool me once. Well, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, you got the job with your skill level last time. The only thing you did was add to your skill of actually working there. like you actually have you learned a skill about working there and then they said no so i mean they just didn't like you right that has to be what it's not your skills (laughs) they didn't like you as a like a person certainly qualified it's just you i mean it couldn't be that you had worse skills than when they hired you the first time so it literally yeah he does not like you yeah (laughs) maybe not yeah i was a little (laughs) bit relieved to be honest but you know. That's true. I mean, you did apply for a job. You know, you, you did the best you could. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I just focused on my food blog. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all see, uh, Texas and Mississippi are full capacity, uh, no masks at all. Praise the Lord. What What's going to happen with that though? Like, I mean, it is it just going down so fast that they're going to look? Is it? Is it? Either or. Will they look horrific and all these people are going to die or nothing's going to happen and it'll be totally fine? Uh, both will happen at the same time, of course, depending on who you ask. <laughs> yeah, that's true. A hundred percent, both of those fully will happen. Yeah. It's, and there's no, there is no anything that anybody could do to actually know anything. Right. <laughs> that's not, not possible. And now, even if you said in advance, okay, let's please agree. So, I mean, because yeah. I'm sure that it will have effects. I mean, it's basically going to be a third wave, basically. Yeah. And they're just betting, and they're trying to ride the political line and betting that they can, you know, skirt that without looking bad enough and then win a bunch of political favor, and they're willing to trade some lives for it. That's the political yeah, calculus. Shit. That's cold. And then, of course, somebody was going to do that, now. but it is, that's what I'm saying, yes, yeah, a p- political decision, and it, you know, It'll cost lives, but that's part of the calculus, just like the freaking speed limits. I mean, we live in that world. People just don't want to admit it. It Will it look bad or not? But in the current state, it's just nobody will even agree that that there could be a way to measure it. Do you remember a year ago? It was like, okay, there's going to be stat. Like you thought some stat would emerge that you'd see on the news every night or something that would really – you better compare apples to apples eventually, and it just got farther and farther away. And now they say, even if there is an uptick, everybody will say, yeah, because they don't test or whatever. Yeah. So it won't even it won't even be 
somebody like me is begging for somebody to say, well, just make a prediction and we'll see which happens. But nobody will. And even if they did, they wouldn't go back to it. Or, right, no, it wouldn't matter. There's just no way anybody will quantify anything or stand by it. And they would, they'll always deny it. So everybody, both parties will get what they want and see the reality that they yes. want to see. I guess. I've only seen, I mean, I, I check my Facebook feed and the way people uh, post about it or think about it is very strange to me. Like they, they'll say something like, well, I get Texas better get their body bags ready or wow, this is, you know, every, so Texas, everybody just wants to die in Texas, but that that's not true at all. Like definitely not everybody's going to die. Right. And like some people will die, but which people that choose to just go out and do, do whatever. Isn't it weird? Like people think the worst thing possible can happen. Like a million people are going to die in Texas now or something, but I don't think that's possible. I don't think that will happen. Well, I mean, some will, and then we won't know how many. That, that'll be the thing. It won't be like people, no matter what, if one person dies from it, you'll be able to say, see somebody died from it. Yeah. Cause I mean, right. that, that's, that that's, true. Not, that's a, yeah, it's basically a zero tolerance right. on one side. But, Everybody behaves as if oh we have a zero tolerance for x y or z but it's not yeah. that's not true but yeah. there's no way to discuss or it's just it's just we're unwilling to actually it's a bad it's all in bad faith i mean there's nothing to really discuss about well the it. well the thing lunds are saying too that is true is well, you don't like a mandatory lockdown means everybody's at home when they lift that you can still mandatory lockdown yourself Yes. Right, like, like yeah. I mean, you basically can't. I mean, you can go to the the grocery stores will have more people at them, but you could go at off times maybe. I mean, you could still do that yourself. So I wonder. I mean, in some sense, we're talking about the people of Texas or Mississippi want want this, and so do they get do they get some a say, do. Or, or do you say they're so stupid they can't even understand themselves? Like they don't understand the danger themselves, and you have to help them like that. You know, uh, babysitter well, uh, mentality. That's guys, I'm back. It. I'm sorry. I, I got cut out for a second there. The ladies were cleaning the office and knocked the um, the Wi-Fi out. So if I <laughs> if I if you were asking where I went, that's where I went. Nowheresville. But I was going to say um, there there is a, a level of like safetyism that Texas doesn't necessarily fall in line with, which is to say that if a minority of people are at risk, the majority should um, change their behavior so that the minority can be safe. Right. Mm-hmm. But in, in other places in the country, it's less of that. It's more like, okay, if a minority people are at risk, they should stay home and the majority should go about their business. You know what I'm saying? And I, I think there's value or it's a, it's a valid opinion, I think. you know, It's not necessarily evil or bad to say, mm-hmm. okay, if you're at risk, take extra precaution. But if you're not... Yeah. Well, you go could back have to go back to your life. Well, hold where... on. Two two things there, real quick. Sorry, Matt, to interrupt you. One is uh, I forget. The other one is that's the most <laughs> I've ever. That's the most I've ever heard a white man uh, say the ladies who clean and then say the word minority over and over and over again. Did y'all hear that? Rewind the tape. My God. He started talking about minorities. Minorities. Minority. Like, what are you saying? at the cleaning lady. I mean, if you just barely edited that. Now he's that, rambling he on about Texas minorities. <laughs> this is uh, uh, guy's got God. weird. The, the ladies okay, so the, the ladies, yeah, the the ladies the, Kickstarter money goes to cleaning ladies. The ladies yes. who are cleaning are the basic, the, the landowners here. They're, they're not... Mexican cleaning ladies, they're white. <laughs> I didn't even say that. No one said that. Oh, yeah, but good oh my Lord. God, I said ladies. About? Oh, my Lord. Well, that's a stereotype. 
But yeah, that's not true in this case. <laughs> I hear you. I pay my rent to these ladies. <laughs> the other thing I was going to say is our, I, I would be a little bit intimidated to go play in those places. Though I guess the clubs will be open, but I mean, would you really want to go play a packed room? In I Texas think you just get right vaccinated. Now? You just get vaccinated and go. Who cares? Yeah, I guess but if you're, the I guess point, if you're you would, vaccinated. You would make that choice. Toby would decide if he wants to do that. And I think the I would say are, no. To a, to, okay. I mean, to a 300 cap, 500 cap room and it's mostly full, yeah. I'd be like, oh, this Once I'm this vaccinated, I don't care. I honestly don't care. Like, yeah. so I'm not I'm not spreading it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, well, once you can't spread it to other people. But the, the, the technicality there is interesting because you could – you know, in theory, you could have behavior that was really responsible where there was I just my way I'd point it out is you could have very responsible behavior in theory without a government guideline by a population. And you could also have strict government uh, regulations and very poor behavior, such yes. as I believe that's a lot of what the difference in California is like they they have a lot of regulations and people still act poorly anyway. So you could yeah. have the inverse of that, where right. the govern governor's not telling you what to do, and you stay the fuck home, yeah, yeah. and prove that you right. don't need a babysitter right. by being responsible enough. When you're eight, maybe the mom and dad will leave you alone a little bit. So right. that would be nice if that was people's motivation. Is watch Texas whip California's ass on numbers with no regulations? Well, would be the mentality I wish they would have. That, but but that, but also just the it's the living situations, the context in which the virus. Yeah, it finds itself in when it finds itself in 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 a lot of multi-family residential homes in California, or you know where people are living in close proximity to to each other. Whereas in Texas, you know everyone's got a ranch. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. a forty yeah forty thousand dollar ranch. You know, I like you know it's it's different. You can't. It's not the same as like New York. They have subways. Everyone gets inside a tube and shares right. the air. You know, of course it's going to be bad That's in true. New York. So. Texas will probably be fine regardless, I think, just because of the it's so spread out. Well, they seem generally prepared to accept what what they're doing. I mean, whatever it is, it, yeah. I think it'll be fine in that sense. But you know, some right. people will are won't be thrilled. It's hilarious. People, I mean, my my kids still go to two and a half to three hours of school a day, and you know, still Zoom one day, and then four days they go like three hours. And I'm like. The rest, I mean, it seems like everybody goes to school except for exactly my my town. It's weird. It, <laughs> no, I mean, even all the towns around me go to school all day. But I mean, it's just like I'm like I don't understand this. Like we can at least send the kids back. Let's get the kids a little bit more normalcy. I mean, yeah. I, my kids are really want to be around more kids. And it's well, Biden well, came well. out and said they got we got to get the kids back to school, get all the teachers vaccinated. Like he's all you know all on board with it now. But yeah, it's well, it's, I mean. It's been pretty bad. There's been like 47 kids between the ages of zero and 18 die of COVID in the world so, or in, the a, in in America. Oh, okay, times two the flu though. I think so. Oof. Okay, it's, it's interesting. I don't know if I said this. Before, I guess not. But I, there's a buddy of mine that works at a school, and uh, he said that transmission t- between the kids really just isn't happening. Like now, there will be a parent or an adult in the fam- kid's life that has it. And uh, the kid might could get it from them, but um, almost always there's never kid. If, right. if, somebody, if somebody has it, it so you have, you know uh, with tracing, I guess, or they say, hey, some Billy's dad has it or whatever. So the whole class has to go back to Zoom for that week. 
but everybody else, all the other classes keep going, and there just hasn't yeah. been outbreaks that, that, that they've really seen. Not to say this, yeah. that, 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 that there aren't those, but I'm just saying it seems a lot less for kids. It's crazy. Yeah. That, 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 that's my point here. It's wild how this didn't affect kids much. I've like said that said, since for, day one. They are making the biggest sacrifice out of any uh, portion of the populace, and they are the least at risk of this disease yeah, right yeah. they're the least at least at risk to spread it and to get it and to die from it so like and they're making the greatest sacrifice like imagine you're a kid and you yeah. you lose a year and a half of right. your development it at, at social development at, at an age where that 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 equates to a third of your you know schooling career you know it's like just yeah. it's a huge chunk that they'll never get back and yeah. i've been saying this from the beginning and then all the scientists said it as well like you said they do it with contact tracing um a bunch of phds at you know harvard and yale to, uh, yale and oxford are writing things like send the kids back to school it's way better for them to be in school right now um and and they're super low risk so i know that's the most bizarre thing too because you have to if 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 you don't agree with that, we got to send the kids back. And I've been thinking that for a long time, for a very long time. But uh, I can even, at least now, you have to sweep under the rug the abuse and bad stuff that's happening to kids. Like you said, right. I mean, they really are making the worst. I mean, not only are they missing that, I, I was thinking about it. What if I missed my whole fourth grade year? Right. It was just at yeah. my house. That 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 really did do stuff. I mean, and then, and then what life. if you were trapped inside with your abusive or neglectful right. parents in the worst right. stressful conditions yeah. of in their the, whole yeah. life? Yeah. yeah. Like, and you have I mean, no, think about it for, for yeah. the you guys this year overall, you know the time when you have little children is the most stressful difficult time of your life and right. it's covid. So, by all estimations, which is I think there's a bright side here, this is probably the worst time of your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? For, yeah. that's just, this is probably the, I mean, it can get a lot worse for a lot of reasons, in, especially individually. But you know what I mean? Like, if you are a young parent of young kids, yeah. this might be the worst overall it, of your life. This is predictably the worst time of your life. Do you guys yeah. feel that? 100%. Do you feel that this, and, is the, and, this has been the worst so, time of your life? Do you feel that? Well, I mean, no. Not me personally, okay. but I mean, no. everybody, that's like saying my wife's smoking hot or something. So I don't want to really make that argument. I'm just, I'm trying to think of maybe it is the most stress. Maybe this is the worst time of my life. Like I'm having to be like stronger and more responsible than I've had to be. I kind of like it though, or is the way I would say it. But a, for, a previous version of me would say what this guy right here, that Matt Carter is living a fucking shitty ass life right now. Like maybe a 25 <laughs> year old version of me would have really seen my experience now as a hellish thing. Yes. I think if I would have gotten COVID real early, like, you know, I wish I, not, I don't want any me, my, me or my family to die. But if, if I knew it would just be sickness, I know you don't know that. This is all hypothetical. But I would have loved it if I'd have gotten it in January. I think I'd have been, I probably would have enjoyed I would have traveled. I would have, you know, I would have gone and saw places with no lines. You know what I mean? All that <laughs> stuff. I would have done as much stuff as I could. I would have gotten outside and, even more in the beginning. I mean, we were scared to even, you know, I would cross the street every time for a long time just uh, if I went for a jog or something like that. But, man, if I would have gotten it really early, I think I, I would have felt mentally way better in 2020 if I would have yeah. just gotten it and gotten over it. Yeah. I don't understand because that all that behavior made sense at first for, you know, to cross the street when people were jogging yeah. for to be scared. But there's so much information now. I don't what, – what is the willful ignorance that people – like, I bet if you polled people, I think people think thousands of kids have died. And it's it's not. It's like 
40 kids from the age, like ages zero to like seven. It's like 40. Like you it's can't, virtually but you can't even get past that though. I mean, people say, I mean, as soon as you say 47, people go 47, Aaron. How many, I mean, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. I mean, I think that's I the issue. So they can't even get past any. So, I know, but, so, if, but if that's the logic, then they should never go to school again because the, I'm not trying well, to be the coronavirus is the flu guy, but that's right. literally not as bad as the flu. Well, the flu I, is more dangerous to your kids than coronavirus has year been. In and, year so, in and year out, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I don't understand what where's the cognitive dissonance there. Well, they probably they, won't go back. I think a lot of people won't go back. I'm, I'm really wondering what school is actually <laughs> going to look like headed so my, towards the future. Cause, my kids just uh, went I, back this this week for two days a week, and they're doing two days remote and then two days in the in the classroom. And my third uh, third grade daughter is went back to a, a classroom of seven other people than her, so eight total people. Wow. In the yeah, same so as that means, that means like 14, 15 of her classmates parents opted to keep them at home so i don't know if it's right. because they're afraid of or they've they've gotten to a rhythm and yep, they just yep. and the buses aren't going so they have to drop them off and pick them up yeah, maybe right. that's yeah. a problem totally but n- not a lot of people are opting in to go back that's gonna be so fascinating i mean i think it's really really opened up the people's minds in a way that's at least positive because i yeah. mean there's a t- it's really negative of course for most situations but it has to change people's mindsets about wanting to go back and what other things might could work i mean yeah i'm <clears throat> I'm, I'm i'm a big fan of the of the idea of dist- you know decentralized school it, whatever that could mean would have to be good i mean i'm i i hope i wish georgia didn't have to go back next year i would i would definitely take an option to not unrelated to the virus (laughs) (laughs) i think i would like to do i wouldn't mind staying just a couple of days i don't really like the idea that'd be great i mean if it does feel pretty bloated now that so we went a whole year three hours a day and then you're gonna tell me next year they need three extra hours after that wait hold on what are we talking about here like i mean yeah i don't even know if that's really good for my kids if you're not going to offer something better than that why do you send them back I, i just don't think this is good I'm with you there. If it's like you're just talking about the what they do in school, it might it might not need to be as much, but I don't, but I don't need them every morning four hours. They need to be in front of the computer. Like they can go to right. school two days a week and get all what they need to all the learning they need to get done. Yeah. And then I can take them to the zoo and the aquarium or whatever. Or they can, the yeah, they can read a book on the other days or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, that's fine. But there's a whole nother landscape out there. I, I bet the people just don't see it, but I can see it with what's happened. And I really think that the situation or school at Georgia and stuff is unique, but the, it's, there's a new way of looking at this. I'll just give you a little picture of it, but it's like more about the ongoing digital present relationship with a, a a person that yeah that she has so she has a real relationship with this teacher and an inbox and assignments just like i have an email relationship with toby and devin and stuff like it's accountable and fluid and it's in the actual domain that humans work and live in so it's like it's like a, it's a, it's almost more realistic basically it's a lot less like factory training if that versus, versus it's more like person, it's right. more like training you to do ongoing asynchronous uh, intelligent knowledge work like email, email just to do just to be connected and doing a thing i mean that's that's a really neat concept to be yeah 
play. Well, we it's funny. I just got an email while we were talking about this. Uh, Buddy's T-ball little league teacher or coach has COVID. Practice stands. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, son of a. Oh God. <laughs> so. It's, it's, you could have it right now. Uh, it's funny talking about this though because what it seems like more and more school is to teach you wait a minute you if you work in this system hard you'll get something out of it that'll benefit future you right but then future you just does the exact same thing except for money you get paid this time yeah. instead of you know but that now we're all also realizing that money isn't real and it <laughs> and god knows what whatever the hell would would it, i mean for the longest time i've been thinking it's, I always thought it was so stupid when the uh, news would talk about our debt or you'd see the debt clock or whatever rolling and all oh, yeah. stuff. And I was yeah, like, who cares? What? Who cares? Well, that's just so stupid. And now I go, wait a minute. that it What is anything financial? <laughs> yeah. And so, I mean, money isn't real. So, wait, you went to school. All that really tried to teach you was work in this system. We're going to teach you. But the overall thing they teach you is learn this thing that I'm right. telling you and do what I say, basically – for the, the, all, the, all these years, and then you'll get out and be in the exact same thing almost, except for, oh, yeah, we will give you this money. But <laughs> right, it's just, yeah. it, does, it doesn't mean anything. And so, I mean, one of the big things that's going to happen is people start pulling their kids back, and then they'll say, why well, we got to pay so much taxes? And then it, there won't be as many bus driver jobs. There won't be as many, you know, uh, staff and cafeteria where all the stuff, it's all going to sure. go away, and it'll just, there won't be anything. But anyway. Yeah. I was out there for a little bit, we but need, money need, ain't real. Yeah, that's, a, that's the out there part. Is if, UBI, you, yeah. if you've made the whole school's all employee training, and then there's there's no work for people to do, or money doesn't mean anything. That that's the scary prospects. That you know, that's you know, that's the whole collapse of things. If that at mm. that point, yeah. Our national religion has been um, a belief in that this this paper that we hold in our pocket has value. And if we all believe that it has value, then we can transfer value within each other. We can get goods and services with this paper. But if we stop believing in that paper and I pass it to you, Toby, and you say, I don't want the fucking paper. Right. Then the whole thing falls apart. There's no, there's no, there's nothing. We don't have an economy. So you, you can feel people, uh, thinking that though you they're can feel, starting to think that it's like the it's like yeah. the real knowledge from the people that understand that the economy is like this th positive something that you're able to generate based on belief in a right. in that narrative is real and that is the system but the fact it's, 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 that the yeah. common man is coming to understand that and a bunch of ladies groups doing stocks my aunt and my and my bridget's cousins yeah. doing stocks and uh, all the crypto everything that everybody understands you can create a coin hype it and then you actually can withdraw that money yeah i don't right. think anybody that's, that's ever, dangerous knowledge that's now down in the hands of the yeah, common man <laughs> nobody knew yeah nobody knew how much human collective belief could delude themselves like like how much we could just by believing in gamestop yes create, right. create a surplus of billions of dollars that people can spend that you can spend but it's just collective belief Mm -hmm. It's just religion. It's right. GameStop's not <laughs> worth that. Correct. You know? Yes. We all just decided it was one day. And then everyone accepted it for a minute. And then eventually people decided it wasn't and went back down. 
Well, it was but it's gold just the magic for, of the human gold belief. Was good. It's like, well, we got the yeah. gold, you know. So yeah. obviously, it's real. I, I mean, I feel it's real. real. It's gold. We have it. So you're right. That minute though was like my dad's age group or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, like those, those boomers, whatever. Like my dad worked his whole life from for money. He thought I gotta I gotta get more of that. That's the thing yeah. that'll keep me alive, help my family, do all this stuff. And I I, I think he, I mean now that he's you know late sixties. He in his mind, I think he thinks, to some level, he can't totally tell him that himself that, but it wasn't worth it. What was that? What right. I mean, this, this is the only life I had, and I did what? I went to this building every day for it's all worked. these years and tried to get overtime so I could, and you know, he's not even that happy. And so the happiness and feelings are the most important right. things now to everybody, uh, including me, and it's our number one truth. And so once you start realizing, wait. My feelings. I don't want to go to this workplace. Did you? I want did you to do this? Then it, it really is over. If if everybody just goes, wait a minute, I want to pursue joy. Well, then I mean, yeah, you always you always didn't do that because well, you got to have enough money. So don't be an idiot and go play a rock band in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, you know. But now did you, you watch can. the new? Uh, do you watch the new Adam Curtis documentary? Can't get you out of my head. It's on no, I just heard him talk on Red Scare though. That okay, yeah. Good. yeah, a lot Love of what you yeah, I love you, Tasha. A lot, a lot of what you, a lot of what you're saying reminds me of of kind of what he gets at, and he gets at on, in that interview too on Red Scare. But, um, but like, yeah, there's just a free documentary on YouTube. It's called "Can't Get You Out of My Head" by Adam Curtis, and it's it's basically a bunch of series of like how the emotional history of how he got to where we are here, and it's his artistic take and everything. And it's not like it's not a he he did it emotionally, um, purely to be kind of a. Um, anti-rational because everything's so hyper-rational now but um what he's talking about is just what you were saying which is like so much of it is about our feelings and motivated by our own personal feelings and beliefs and yeah a lot of this narrative and myth and stuff and yeah we get we get sold a big line and then at the end of the at, at the end of our lives we're like wait a minute what what exactly was this you know um and I think a lot of people are waking up to that and trying to figure out how to subvert it or, you know, come up with new ways to create value that aren't in these legacy systems or right. ways to like, um, I don't know, solve problems that aren't like, don't have all these negative externalities that we see, like with capitalism and everything, like all the subjugation of other people in other countries for labor and all that stuff. So I think we're definitely nearing a point where like something has to give and no one really knows what it is, but everyone's grasping or something new thing. has to be created though. That's the something. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's another way of thinking about it too, right. that there's just yeah. a new, a whole new future and this is the end of something. And that's actually the way right. that I think about it. Yeah, but think of how thin yeah. this is though. This, either this is the most thin, brittle, meaningless, nothing, or you can see a glimpse of the future. I think if you could take just that uh, idea that GameStop, for instance, was that, or some other coin is able to, just from information and code, create value that is then withdrawable and spendable, right? That's right. an amazing concept. So, okay, so maybe if you can understand that that's not fake, but it is a real thing to harness, but then you take that money out, and now what do people spend it on? But something like an NFT. <laughs> now, yeah. how thin? And th- can you imagine an economy 
or a system that's that that razor thin where it's built on hype and then spent on not real things. Yikes. Well, I Isn't mean, that's so scary. It is but real. But you could maybe you can get that stable and then build then it maybe it's full abundance from on the other right. side of that somehow. If it could really if we could really solve all the coordination problems and you know right. get it together, you might could build a whole new level of reality that is doesn't have all the externalities if you could coordinate it right it's really right. got to be possible and we might not thread that needle but right right it, but i mean it's always been there but now it's just in the digital space i mean I, Devin and i were talking about it the other day i mean a baseball card was just a cheap piece of cardboard with not good graphics on it and you know i mean just an ugly old picture or whatever but it just gained in value depending on which yeah. one you had same as Pokemon cards and all that stuff. When my kids did that, so it's all made up. But that, right, but it's, yeah. the value's real, right. and you can the value get is it. real. And with crypto, though, if if enough people agree that these certain things are worth something, then it just will be, and the people will decide. So That's pretty wild, Ruth right? Autograph is is that well, how it's going to work? Like, will the people decide what crypto is real? Yeah, which one? People decide what what an NFT is worth based on what they're going to pay for. It's just like the open free market, but. But an NFT is is uh, its value is tied to its scarcity and the fact that it is um, it is provably scarce. Digital scarcity is a thing now Mm -hmm. when it's locked on the blockchain. Like if I if I send you an NFT, that transaction is forever logged. I mean, if uh, assuming that the (laughs) Ethereum blockchain survives and whatever fork happens in the the future, you can go back to that that that. What did they cut it out? You goddamn cleaning ladies! ladies. <laughs> oh my god! Tell gosh. them to turn the internet back on. They Sorry, heard you talking. <laughs> Hang on, give, give me one second. I'm going to switch to the five G one. Tell them goddamn white cleaning ladies. And they're talking about these nifties. <laughs> what the hell's wrong with him? Uh, I did call my parents last week uh, and told them, hey, can y'all send me all my baseball cards? Yeah. <laughs> From when I was a kid. I have thousands of them. I have no idea what's in them. Man, there's and so many people that sold them, and you that's pretty awesome. I mean, you might, you probably have at least some that I've are got some. worth something. I, I don't know. I mean, I, when I was a kid, you know, you go over and you trade baseball cards. You didn't know you were trading. You're like, oh, I got right. this Daryl Strawberry for this Doc Gooden or something. Like, maybe I have something really good. It's really popular now. I mean, people are putting a shitload of money into baseball cards again. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. Uh, it, it, it's just a physical NFT. Mac, you're going to have to repeat right? the NFT description, basically. which is probably worth doing. So, ba- yeah. Can you hear So, us basically, yeah, 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 sorry about that. Um, Yeah, I'm back. Um, Basically, the tr- when I transfer the ownership of something, non-fungible means like you know if i have five dollar bill and you have something that's worth five dollars we can transfer or sorry if you have a five dollar bill and i have a five dollar bill we can trade those two things for and it's equal value but a non-fungible token is like something that's a completely unique it has its own uh hash on the on the on the blockchain so like if i transfer it to you like you can't copy it you can't duplicate no one can take it from you and so it's this it's this digital item it's digital scarcity is what they've kind of figured out now when we all came from the physical music space where we printed CDs or tapes or whatever, now we do vinyl um, for the old schoolers, but like, and then we moved into this digital space, our, our music could suddenly be copied a billion times. And there's upsides and downsides to that. Obviously, economically, without any scarcity, you don't have value. Um, so 
our music got devalued. So now they're figuring out ways to get in the digital space, digital scarcity and ownership to reinstall uh, value back into uh, digital IP. So I'm excited about it because this is like, as a musician, as someone who creates something that is always streamable and downloadable and copyable, um, it's a way to make something unique that, you know, you can't copy and, uh, and, and hold and retain value for a long time. So that's an I, NFT. I believe that it, that's the both, you really want both extremes and not the soft middle of consumer art. Like there's the NFT concept and then as much copying as possible also. Like you really want I think a unique the, object to be think, unique and you I want to pay will, for it. Yeah, there will always be things that are off chain for sure. Um, and like, and like you said, like Spotify or streaming or whatever, that's good. Like that's how you get, that's how you on-ramp people. But if yeah. you're going to do like a custom NFT or an exclusive di- uh, digital song or, um, you know, lyric sheets or music videos, you can store all this on the blockchain and people can, you can limit the amount that goes out. You can customize e- things, um, that's just more Do you think depth. a demo would make a good one? Like, let's just say Tank Back Sunday's making a new record, and the fir- the single that's big, there's the voice memo that Adam Lazara made of it when he had the idea. Is that something somebody could own in a scarce way? Yeah. yeah. And wouldn't that be cool if you said, I have it, even yeah. he doesn't have it anymore? I mean, I there could be the other, I mean, it, there could be a copy of it so out I'm there. In- but yeah. you just be able to prove that yours was the special one. I'm in the, I, I'm in the, I'm in a weird spot because, like, it, it, the space hasn't been defined yet. Um, now there's a concept where people are like, I own the NFT for that song, which is sort of like saying like, I own the, the, the certificate or the mm-hmm. authenticity or, certificate or something. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it's like, I'm a shareholder, but I'm the main shareholder in that yeah. song or something like that. Um, and they can display it on these different NFT sites, um, open or whatever you can go to their, you can go to your profile and there's your NFT collection. And it actually has a value. Like people will try to, you know, offer you money for your NFTs or whatever. But um, so I kind of like, I've thought about this cause I'm, I'm going to make some, I'm, I'm actually in the process of doing it right now. I've got the whole plan set up, but um, whether I put the demo on or, or the finished product, I, I'm like, there's a toss up because I don't necessarily want the demo to be immortalized on the blockchain. Mm-hmm. But like it will if I put it on there. Yeah. It will it will potentially outlast the recorded music. And most likely have more value. Yes. And which like, I don't let's just know. say it's you're a prominent, it's just big, and then a long time from now, it's there's legendary status attached to a song you put out. That demo is like having Kurt Cobain's guitar or whatever. Like you have it, the tape that he recorded, Teen Spirit demo, it, and you're yeah. holding it in your hand. You say, "This is the moment when yeah. it went to tape." That idea. I mean, I have this. I, I guess it's and a that'd good, be worth it, millions of dollars. You know? Yeah, it's a good idea to have it be the demo though, because it is unique. It's not something that's released in mm-hmm. the mainstream. So like. It's not you can't stream it on Spotify. It's going to be unique to It wouldn't the you wouldn't NFT. care that much about list streaming it even. You care about you own this thing. It's like when we yeah. were in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they had the lyric sheet for Hey Jude, not the one he made after the fact for, for his Kickstarter, but when he when when he came up with that uh, the, that word, yeah. those two words in order, that phrase, it was that moment on this piece of paper in yeah, England yeah. in this year and here it is right here. That yeah. could be a digital thing too. 
And it would, yeah. of course, it's obviously. I mean, maybe real you are valuable. selling me on the if you securely demo. had it. Yeah, maybe you are selling me on the demo. Demo might be the idea. It's, it's memorabilia, is the way. Sorry I if see I'm it. cutting out. Yeah, it's something right. museum. Yeah, you're cutting out a little bit, but it's something museum like right. about it more than uh, owning the IP rights or whatever. That just give that away. What you know. Give right. the song the songs whatever. Just yeah, they'll be copies the same as a painting. There's a shitload of Picassos that you know they sell at stores that are just prints. But the real one, if you got to see the real one, it would really mean something to you. You know what right. I mean? You've seen those p- paintings a million times, but right. the real one would be would be something. And somebody would go, the the value of your demo probably would be pretty high because you go, oh, that's how they wrote, to get to the thing that everybody knows. Well, guess what? I had the thing that got it there. That'd be kind of cool. Right. It's the original. Yeah. This is the original iteration of that song before it was released right. to all the platforms that you can stream it for free on. Yeah. yeah. So if you went back in time and could get, uh, like I said, Kurt Cobain's tape, he did in a cassette recorder, you'd like yeah. it. If you'd had Chris Caraba's dashboard one, you would like it. Now, trick is, oh, he did it on a digital. Oh, I don't want that. No, you still want it. Now we have a way to actually make that happen in the scarce way. Right. right. So it's that's like to me it's the realist it's super obviously real. Like the dig, it's not a silly concept but it's a matter of what are the right applications that will right. be meaningful. But you probably you're going to sell these things for $50 and then one day they'll be worth some other astronomical amount. Well, that's the thing it's the secondary market and, with and NFTs. it'll be secondary. Yeah, it won't be your yeah. money. You'll sell It's not your money. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So a lot of people sell an NFT for, you know, 1 or 2 ETH and then it turns around and someone's selling it for 20 or 30 ETH. And it, they will get that money for it just because suddenly there's hype and demand and right. all these, um, you know, shit coiners are are, blo- are 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 pumping up the price and stuff. And I don't necessarily want to do it like as a I don't want to make a crypto collectible for like the shit coiners and the bitcoiners and the whoever else that wants to, you know, own some piece of history because they're they're trading cryptocurrencies all day. I'm trying to make something for the fans that that like that will last like in the digital and virtual space yeah. that that's a, that's a piece of something that's really unique from, from us. So I'm in this weird spot where like, if I launch and mint my NFTs are some prospecting crypto douchebags going to come in and buy them yes. and then turn around and resell them to my own, to your uh, fans for 10 times the amount. Yes. They for will. 10 times the amount. Cause that's, that's going to piss me off, but there's nothing much I can do about that. Right. I mean, there is a bit of, Smart contracting that I can do, perhaps, where I build that into the NFT. It's like, in order to buy this, you have to check a bunch of boxes or something. Can't sell it for a bunch of years or something. Or, yeah, or, or something know, or... like that. Yeah. 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 You can't sell but, it for a bunch of years. Be I easy. mean, that's what, I mean, vinyl is like that. I think people collect and own vinyl just to get in that zone more than they listen to it. I know people listen to it, but a lot of people don't listen so much to the vinyls, but they still find value in they want a physical it. representation of the and they put up they put the art up on the wall like mm-hmm. i mean i have it you know i like to mm-hmm. pull it out and be like oh, i have this record and sometimes i'm not even listening to the record it's just like oh, yeah i like this one this it, one's good it's beautiful in a way to be yeah. able to enter into getting value from abstractions is what i'm saying that is real value is created that people can participate in and enjoy the benefits from and it's mostly abstract value that's right. not that's a that's not bad. That's good. Like that's how everything's not a zero sum game out here. Right. There's new you can do more. 
Well, last time free, we were, you know, yeah, last like, time we did this this podcast, we were talking about this massive transition from the physical reality to the virtual mm-hmm. and digital space. And this, this year has kind of like brought that all full circle. Like so many people, like we're talking about school, they're doing yes. remote schooling or they're doing remote work. And like, how do you bring the things that make the physical realm special? And that it really is scarcity. It really is the limitation of the physical realm that makes it special for the human. And so if you're, if you can bring scarcity into the virtual space where not everything is just like this, like you have something unique and special that no one can copy that brings that special part of physical reality into that space and makes it richer, makes it more human. We're still at a weird time too, though, because digital is fake. It's not the real world. People, that people still like saying that, you know, that yeah. online stuff, People are still weird sometimes when they say online dating or, yeah. you know, like all the, even E-dating. though it's, comple- it's completely real, <laughs> they think that <laughs> they even though it's completely real and a part of their life, Facebook's just that online stuff. I want I need the tactile real thing. So we built ourselves into thinking that, oh, yeah, it's just something on the Internet. Why would you pay money for that? I mean, what uh, you could just see it. I watch stuff online all day. Why would I pay for that? It's just a. It's not a real thing. And it, I, it's, it is. And so it, you can get it now. Like when is, people thought but not it didn't to matter. People, yeah. to re, like land, you just give it away. We used to give away land. Right. right. In the United right. States where people pay hundreds of thousands That's of dollars. That's what I'm saying. Now, We're not there was, yet, though. Give it away. And that is yeah. what this is right now. Get, there's uh, digital assets and IP and all this stuff. Every, it's no, it has no value, but it will. Yeah. It's going it to just get figured out, and it will. Yeah, these NFTs become stores of value Yeah, that the market sort of dictates. Um, it is kind of like, because because your, let's say your, your cryptocurrency is, is, an, is just a number in your wallet, right? But if you have things to display in your wallet, it really is hacking into the human uh, psyche a little bit, because like, why do people use Instagram? Well, most of the time it's to show off. It's to show yeah. off their family or their house or their car or their vacation or what they're doing. And they're showing these things of, of these unique, scarce experiences or people that are in their life. And they're saying, look what I have that's unique to me that you don't have, essentially. And not all of it's like trying to like, you know, make people feel bad, but the, the end result is usually that. But that's that's what nfts are it's like look what i have that you can't actually get and it's doing that in the virtual space where before everybody can have everything in the virtual space you just download it but now you can't and so now there's going to be this comparison thing where people are looking at what other people have and they're saying suddenly that has value and you will never there's no rationality with what has value and what doesn't there's these digital like crypto punks that are like these pixelated features and everything and they're going for tens of thousands of dollars yeah. and it's it's nothing it was just a collection someone just it's like a pokemon card set basically that someone made and they sold like three years ago and now that because they're they're, they're sort of like these original nfts um they're worth a ton so so there's a real distinction to make here then that there is a such thing as irrational irrationally priced nfts and rationally priced nfts though so it's not there's no like people would want to say it's all irrational but it's it's not it's if it is backed by real meaning right then it then the fact that it's digital is irrelevant 
But sometimes you can have this hyperinflated, irrationally priced thing that's obviously unstable or whatever, too. Well, you could say that hype is irrational, but hype is um, monetizable. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after a certain amount of time, like we saw with GameStop or AMC or whatever, it's like after a certain amount of time, like, you know, if it's hyped enough for a certain amount of time and it's limited and it's scarce, it's always going to retain some value because it, 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 it owns real estate in the psyche and the history of the ledger and the American people and whatever, whoever was involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these things came out called hash masks and they're these, these digital art pieces that were just going for insane amounts in the secondary market. And it was kind of a meme, like their, their Twitter, their Twitter account sucked and they didn't know what they were doing, but they like all these people pounced on it and now it's worth a ton. And it's like, I don't think that's going to go down necessarily, uh, because it just owns this real estate in, 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 in the minds of people now yeah, That's true. as, as a unique thing that's that happened. Yeah, you mean like you used to would hear what went in and out of style, but if you're just marketed to, it's almost you could almost stabilize that value more so. Like, who's ever going to tell them that nobody cares anymore? Yeah, but everyone who was there who saw that thing yeah. bl- take off for those two weeks and really revolutionize the collectible market in NFTs are going to be like, yeah, you remember Hashmax, or you remember the 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 Crypto Kitties, or do you remember yeah, the because punks? they're historic? That gives them their own historical context that yeah. probably creates it's even like more the value. Hardy's raisins. Yeah, yeah, the California raisins. <laughs> the California yeah. raisins. Exactly. I had three or four of those. God, I wish I'd have kept them. Shit. No, that, that kind of stuff's. Worth, I mean, it, it always will be. But think about. Uh, yeah, you're right that it's like. It's just that scarcity that matters. An extreme example would be cars, because cars, you know how, you know how cars values are super weird, like a very right. weird thing, especially old or classic cars. If you right. could 3D print a, a beautiful '65 Mustang, and so could everybody, it's, you, then you would just say, "Well, this car sucks." Yeah, because it it's like it's kind of cool, but. If everybody had one, then the coolness is gone, and it, the brakes aren't very good, and it's not—it's just not really a good car by modern standards. So it would just right. seem stupid. But right now, they're worth unlimited. I'm not unlimited, but um, yeah, I, I was going to—I went to McDonald's. I'm glad this gives me an opportunity to tell this story. But I went to McDonald's to—one to, of the reasons I love living in Seattle is because I always see nice McDonald's. cars and airplanes, and just there's enough rich people here that you see nice things periodically, and that's of value to me. And I was getting in the McDonald's line, and I just saw this car. I was like, holy shit. It's, and it was like a 67 uh, Mustang Shelby Cobra, like no. uh, like an unbelievable wow. car, an unbelievable car. And I just, my whole, I like felt, uh, like I'm going to get in the McDonald's line behind this thing and get to look at it for five minutes. This is going to be <laughs> and this fucking lady in a Prius pulled in front of me and blocked my view of that car for the most painful seven minutes of my <laughs> life. Where I could, And she's not looking at it. She didn't notice the damn thing. My right. view is blocked the whole time. And the person that could have really appreciated to look at that car for five minutes didn't even get to look at it. Damn. It made me so, so <laughs> mad. I was like all angry. Like I felt angry uh, that whole that Prius person probably ha- hated that car too. Yeah, right? I know, I'm sure. I'm just sure. Hated it. I couldn't believe it. it was like a just a just TV show. It was like late, and all of a sudden, whoop, 
Like I'm not mad they're in front of me in the McDonald's line. That yeah. wasn't why I was mad, but I was I was pretty upset. <laughs> it, it's still though. What's crazy about all this is it that it just it feels like it's so there's huge variables with it, like it, or it, it swings with it. It could go either way. Like it means something today and just doesn't later. Like I mean, just like we were talking about COVID earlier, nobody knows the number. Uh, you know what exactly? You don't have real data on it. I mean. Nobody really knows with even like Bitcoin, right? It's just a, uh, an agreed upon thing that we think has some value. We're all kind of going it, along with it. We're just yeah. kind of going along with it. And so maybe we don't it'll, really maybe it'll stay ask real. The hard questions, you know. Right. Really, but but we it, all but get going on this. That means you know? it could be not real. Yeah, Still, oh, there's yeah. a good. There's a. I mean, a solid percentage chance that it isn't. Right. Mm-hmm. There's a solid percentage chance that the U.S. dollar isn't real. That's true. Yeah, and it's I agree. actually. I, I think it's what we're finding backed, out now. Yeah. It's backed by less than Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> so you can't print more Bitcoin, but you can print more U.S. dollars, and they do. Yeah, they you know, do. periodically, whenever they need more money. That's so. the argument why Bitcoin would. <laughs> that's why if it was unencumbered and adopted as a standard, yeah, like it's actually scarce. Is, the scarcity is the actually yeah. is real forever, so it can't be inflated yes. or whatever. It can, right. it can be. So it can't really get inflation. It can only just have volatility of its actual value, though. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, there are... But it and can't there be are, mechanically yeah. inflated, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, even the creator of it... It's it digital like gold. A, 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 a Satoshi or whatever. It sounds like a video game or something. Like yeah, what? Satoshi Nakamoto. <laughs> that that just looked, seems like it has to be we live in a simulation then. If, if our I money... Mean, Satoshi... He disappeared. The, it, it, no one's ever even seen him, have they? No one's ever seen him. He disappeared. No one knows. I mean, the one this guy, Hal... Forget his last name, Hal something. Uh, he uh, he was the first guy to uh, t- uh, uh, tweet anything about Bitcoin, and he wrote um, "running Bitcoin." And so it's like a, it's an ongoing meme. He did that in two thousand nine or eight on Twitter, and um, and he was running Bitcoin. He was basically the one of the first guys to mine Bitcoin, and he actually died. So some people thought that he that he was his his um, pseudonym or was uh satoshi nakamoto but other people say that they they actually wrote differently and they didn't type the same stuff so yeah i mean it could have been someone from the future who was like okay we need to create a technology that fixes what's going to be the world's greatest disaster and uh digital scarcity is the way to do it and bitcoin's that technology i mean who who knows right i mean that that's kind of the perfect thing about it is that it was anonymously started and then it was open source um cre- like uh um developed mm-hmm. so yep. so this is the this is a true like community thing like there are no more like whales who got in early um who now ha- who now can manipulate the market like everybody it's everybody well now, distributed like, is you can sell yeah I mean, there are people that own billions worth, and these are n- massive investment companies. Um, you know, main. Uh, you know, so but mm-hmm. but they had to buy them. <laughs> so they got in for free. You know, so. what? You froze. I froze. Yeah. Damn it, man! It's just getting terrible over there in Seattle. I'm sorry, man. Uh, but okay. Explain this to me, because I literally do not know this. So this Satoshi guy, whoever he is, hid stuff? 
on there's a buried treasure somewhere whoever cracked yeah yeah exactly that you know like those old chase movies and stuff like that where somebody hid uh, something under this tree and if you can find it you know you'll get but like what are they mining? And when they mine something, they pull it out. What is that thing? So these that, computers that's a bit are called doing... a Bitcoin, but what? Yeah. Where these is com- it? These computers. So it's this. <laughs> Toby's representing every man quite well yeah. at the moment. <laughs> Keep on going. What it's the fuck think, is yeah. it? Where are the Bitcoins? Motherfucker, tell me what the fuck it is. <laughs> think of it in terms like this. It's a computer program Yeah. that... Um, rewards Bitcoin to people who are um, verifying transactions. So it's like a peer-to-peer verification of a transaction. So if you're a miner, your main job is to verify transactions on the blockchain, so on the ledger. So someone tries to send uh, a Bitcoin from one address to another. It comes through you. You verify that that Bitcoin is moving, and you put it on the blockchain that it's now going to that place over there. And so that's how nobody can have, you know, two people can't have the same Bitcoin. You have to, you know, essentially for, for simplicity's sake, you have to be verified, right? Okay. Um, so as they're verifying stuff, their computers are doing these increasingly complicated math problems, essentially. Um, and, and that's what gets them more Bitcoin out of the program. Yeah. Now, there's only 21 million total supply and over 18 million have been mined. But every so often, it gets twice as hard to get a Bitcoin out of out of the uh, the supply, and that so, was all encoded intentionally on yeah. purpose as a system. It's in part of the code, a white paper that right. that Satoshi character yeah. wrote. So he just said uh, he dropped a document that said, "I have your financial future world and peaced out. Here, oh, run yeah. this program." Basically, y'all yeah. figure out how to run it. This is it. And he yeah. gave a code, a piece of DNA, a yep. in sheet of instructions, a white paper, came from his mind, and then right. became the reality. He basically created digital scarcity. And it, you, you can't hack it. You can't steal it. Once, the, once this ledger is on 200,000 computers, if, if I come in and say, oh, I have a Bitcoin, the 199999 thousand are going to look they're going to look at me and be like no you don't we have the ledger here so it really verifies the scarcity yeah. you know what i'm saying okay uh, it's not we- it's that's what decentralization is not one bank has the ledger or one central group controls uh, I see. it it's and on they, everyone's well, computer well thank you for explaining that all right let's all take a guess <laughs> we can get maybe you can get more than one but you get you have to do at least one guess of who you think satoshi is i'll go first all right okay. i'm i feel confident in this bill cosby <laughs> how horrific would that be yeah how like, horrific Who's, what's, who do y'all think it is either that guy on twitter or aliens according to mcdonald yeah <laughs> oh i think from i mean the, somebody from the future there's a, Sammy chance, Hagar. There's, there's a chance it's elon musk what if it was him i mean it might there's be a chance e- e- I, I, I think I'm not saying it's him, but it or anything. But listen, it, Elon got Elon started PayPal, which was a payments company, mm-hmm. and he was he. It's almost like he was trying to do crypto, but they had to go legit. 
And so it's most likely had, yes, right? Like who yeah. else could you guess that would yeah, be? Yeah, who else could you anyway. guess? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't think Jared, he doesn't know. Jared he actually, from Subway. <laughs> He <laughs> I want it to be somebody horrific where you're like, oh no, I own this much Bitcoin. I'm a terrible <laughs> Doesn't person. Doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. So with that, that legend would be that somebody like Elon was trying to solve the money problem or understood the value of of, of digital currency or, or even scarcity, right. and along the way came up with the idea, but realized it was not. You know, the way to unleash it would have to be in that way to actually have it have the desired effect or something. And he did PayPal just to make money to do the other things, but yeah. re- the, you know, it had to be released in that way. It couldn't be done, right? You know, for like outwardly, right? And so right. it's part yeah, well, of a realist- long strategy somehow. Realistically, yeah. you're 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 going up against a lot of forces that are have vested interest in probably seeing you, you know, whoever came up with this thing dead. <laughs> so, so like the pseudonym is definitely you know, warranted. And then, I mean, I think probably, honestly, whoever it was probably is dead at this point. Either that or there's some kind of like saint. Damn. Yeah. yeah. Like how, yeah, can but you, the third party yeah. option makes more sense. Like is some, no, I don't know, because I mean, in the end, it's still like way unclear that that one will win out. Like somebody else can improve that technology and make a different, I mean, it's maybe Ethereum takes off or I don't yeah. know what. So I mean, it's not that it was ne- it necessarily still is going to be the cryptocurrency that's adopted f- for the cosmos, but it could be, or another one could be. Yeah, it's just like you're not going to get rid of gold because gold's the original scarce, mm-hmm. rare metal. Um, in the virtual space, I don't think you'll ever get rid of Bitcoin. Um, as far as like utility and like you know, people aren't going to build swords out of gold. You know, you think it'll remain impractical, but a high value store of value like gold, a yeah. high store I, of value like gold. Yeah. yeah. Like, but like, you're not going to transact. I don't think you're, you'll necessarily transact with it. Like, for instance, I'm into cryptocurrencies. I own a lot of different ones, but if I'm hmm. investing, I'm buying a uh, Bitcoin. And then I'm Let just, me try I'm just another holding. analogy. You, we're out humans scouring the earth, investigating, searching for things. We found a diamond. Awesome. There's yeah. diamonds now. So we find a bunch of diamonds. And then people are like, uh, I got a ruby over here. I got yeah. a sapphire. <laughs> is this worth anything? You know, and then yeah. it's like, then eventually, so Bitcoin, and not, you know, is one or the first or the primary or the ultimate, right. the, the benchmark, you know, new jewel or precious right. metal discovered. It'll, it'll behave well, like that. that it Donald has Trump the, invented. Yeah. So the longer that Bitcoin runs, the more <laughs> valuable. Yeah, that'd be hilarious. The more valuable it is, like it has the longest going ledger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it kind of has the biggest amount of value because it's it, the its value is most provable. True. Like um yeah, so it's, it's Would hard. Donald yeah. Trump supporters believe if he came out, I'm Satoshi. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, he, yeah. Might, he like, might they might believe him, right? He, he, he might would, would say if they if it became a real popular thing, then he would probably just do that. Yeah, he'd just say he is the yeah. Yeah, Al Gore he said he invented the internet. Yeah, it almost works. <laughs> yeah, it works. I mean he said it. He said he did it. What if Al I mean, Gore is Satoshi? <laughs> I just can't believe how quickly I mean, it feels like everything in my life is just changing and i guess maybe every generation thinks that oh we went you know i get it but it just feels like to for me uh my daughter today she said that she used to like 
Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. She said she, uh, she was obsessed with it. She said, I was like, no, you weren't, whatever. But she's like, but dad, you know what? On the internet the other day, um, I saw t- these Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. And I don't, she said, you probably, uh, have, have you ever seen that? It's really strange. And she was just talking about the original cartoon I watched mm-hmm. when I when I was in, <laughs> in elementary school and thought it was awesome, right? So, yeah. I mean, from that to we're talking about the U.S. dollar is gone, maybe. It's just insane, <laughs> right? Yeah. The, the, I went from the 80s, which was like, yeah, you know, uh, stock, you know, Wall Street and money and uh, yeah. Reagan and all this stuff and uh, Chicago Bears, you know, and all this. And now to uh, America is gone. In my life, it's gone. <laughs> okay, well, Don't walk you- us through it again. <laughs> Chicago Bears. There was, there was the Ninja Turtles. Yes. Then the old Ninja Turtles. Then the Chicago Go- Bears. Then America's gone. Then, okay, Nirvana. It does seem abrupt. Oh, I see your point. So Nirvana and now America's gone. So. We don't we don't live here anymore. <laughs> it's, it's not ours. We don't We're own not any of this. Here. We're not it's anywhere. Unbelievable. That now that's kind of true. We're not really anywhere. I mean, that's kind of like a maybe the Adam Curtis guy said we we're like a haunted. Like we're not. Mm. We, that was kind of a yeah. strong language. But my grandparents lived in the crazy craziest life of like the top of the whole thing. But they were, you know, retired. In Greer, uh, my uh, country club, the Rotary Club, a bri- did yeah. a bridge night. Uh, you know the church involved. You know it's like thirty things socially Great in martinis. the community of Greer in the sixties, or and and then right. when I'm a little kid in the eighties, you know my grandparents were, uh, you know uh, all people had to go to the lake. You do it's just there's so many things they're really really active in that were deep things. Yeah, Cl- season tickets to Clemson. I mean. How, I, what do we do? Yeah. Culturally, what do we do? We just don't but, do yeah. anything. Mm. But, right. You know, so that, I mean, that's, they had a lot of meaning in their life that we don't have at True. anything close to. It's funny. Yeah, we're you, here right now. Yeah. I mean, we Look do this. We're doing. <laughs> yeah, we I mean, do this. I like it. <laughs> And we get excited about people talking to each other yeah. and just listening talking. to them. We don't know them. But, I mean, but that's what Bridge listen. is about is just to get people. I mean, I don't know. We're, that's what we're doing now. We're making an excuse to do something, yeah. to make something mean something. That's all this is. But it, it kind of. But we're, we're very limited. And yeah. it's like you would think we'd have more, but we don't. We have le- a lot less yeah. to do. I think it's crazy when you think back to – I can remember when we got our original NES, the Nintendo. Isn't it funny that you got – that a video gaming system before you got a computer, well before you ever got a, a laptop or a home computer or anything, like everybody was getting these computer systems that would attach to your television and create this whole thing, and it's all this games and stuff. But you did, but we, but way before you got a computer to do things with, and and those game systems were probably better than what you could have gotten as a computer at your house. I mean, I know they existed then, but I'm saying there wasn't much to do on an internet or anything like that. It was all just mm-hmm. plotting nut- lines and stuff. You're right. The most people's first computers were, was probably a Nintendo. But, and you remember if you say it'd be you versus CPU, you'd say computers, right. a central processing unit. Right. I mean, you, so you, you didn't, th- you didn't think you needed a computer, but you were playing against the CPU. Yeah. You know, now it might own us and enslave us. You lost. 
I told you. It's, it, I promise you it's over. Could you make it a little bit more concrete of what is exactly over that you promise? Everything. So, Chicago Bears. <laughs> so you, Chicago Bears, what else, what, gone. What is it? Stock over. market, gone. Yeah, it'd be easier if y'all told me what is it over. Reagan, dead. <laughs> You name I mean, it, it's gone. <laughs> what as Kurzweil said, what like twenty forty? I don't know what his year is. Was the Great Reckoning? It. What is it? What they call the Great Reckoning? The, the end of all things. Yeah, that too. Uh, singularity. It, that's it was, what I thought it was twenty forty. He said it was going to be in forty years, and I thought that was you know in the year two thousand or something like that. But I mean, that's going to be is that that's not the end of us of civilization or. Well, well, let's don't get into it. Forget it. I don't even like the way the way you just huffed and puffed. It turned me off. Be the, I'm just saying it, it turned me off. I'm done. I'm on. I'm on to something else. There's, yeah. all, there's, an, there's beginnings of things and ends of things are usually you know just the new things and different things is you know some things end and other things begin, but it's hard to know what they will be. But that does seem to be the what it feels like right now. This you know new things though. Yeah. Or nothing forever. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, you, yeah. nothing forever, nothing could matter. Or you try, it's like fundamentally, it's nihilism or optimism at some point. Like, are we going to go for it, though? That's what I'm asking. Like, well, is, well you tell me, <laughs> you tell me how, how things keep going when you find out Jeffrey Epstein made Bitcoin. He's the creator of it. And that's why they shut him down. Yeah. Killed him in prison. I did say he was dead, so. I mean, I can't even talk anymore. Y'all done, done, done tore me up. McDonald, y'all doing, uh, what are y'all doing? Some shows with Vocal Few? Yeah, yeah we're doing uh, Saturday nights on Twitch. Every Twitch. Saturday night? So every Saturday night, twitch.tv slash the classic Matt. We're doing acoustic classic crime songs, Vocal Few songs. We mostly drink. It's mostly mm, yeah. uh, just like a date night where Fuck we yeah. drink. Yeah. yeah. That's a creating, so, creating a hang in a digital environment. It's a very you know? it's a very hang, and it's very like casual. I like it because we don't really practice beforehand, so we just kind of like just try to off the top of our head in a very casual setting play our songs or or play my songs that I haven't yeah. played in years. So it's kind of fun. It's fun because it's like low pressure, um, and sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's you know okay. <laughs> what? But. The, uh, the uh, to, for your, how do you think of the main reason to do something like that? I'm gonna get on every Saturday night and do it. Like, what's the for what's Chrissy the, and I? Um, like she just loves to perform, and she's mostly a mom all the time, so she feels like she's she's not like we we normally tour in the summer. We didn't tour last summer, so like for her, her motivation is like I just want to play. I just want to you know I want to do something with you. I want to be in that band with you again, because uh, that was fun. And for me, it's. It is kind of like a date night, I guess, in a way. It's like we're doing something together. We kind of have a history of doing stuff together that's like outward facing, you know. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I mean, yeah, it's taken on different, you know, things over 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 the time. But like that's we 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 like doing stuff together that's uh, not just raising kids. So um, I mean, so, you yeah, could just fun. you could just start your couples only fans and be done. I with know, it. right? Yeah, yeah. Couple. Only fan, couples oh. only fans. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. What are they going to do with porn and NFTs? Can I own a digital tit? Oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's a guy that's Can, actually just selling. Mine? A guy that's actually selling his left and right tit as NFTs right now. It's a meme lord on uh, Twitter wow. is doing that. Yeah. That's yeah. interesting. Shit. 
I mean, celebrities will just sell. I mean, they'll just like yeah. sell I mean, every frame of their life to somebody, like a sale of a cartoon. Like, you know how a sale of a cartoon is worth something? You think oh, yeah, like, Shia LaBeouf could just sell yeah. f- f- 60 frames a second of his life as NFTs? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, what all they'd have to do, what if Brad Pitt just drove to like – bunch of cities in america or the world and then just showed picture to him in your city and you have a picture of brad pitt in your city well, that, it's like not that, that different yeah. than when we used to get ron gant to sign a baseball car you right, fly him exactly. in, sits there and he nfts a bunch of yeah. cardboard yeah. yeah yeah you know and you pay you pay whatever you pay and he does it and it creates the value and you got it i don't know right it's gonna right. be crazy but now you can tell how many copies yeah. Art because it's it's forever stored, you know. It's mm-hmm. not like it's not like the guy signed, you know, thirty thousand baseballs and you got one of them, you know. Like you don't know how many are out there. Mm-hmm. You know, you know what the market value is, I guess, if you have someone to uh, you know appraise it for you. But I have yeah. one. It's probably worth three dollars. Yeah, I've got it. A <laughs> Ron like, baseball. I think it costs nine dollars to get yeah. his autograph when it happened. I thought nine dollars. <laughs> no, I did catch so a Ron Gamble. I caught a Ron Gant home run ball in the air with my glove. That's amazing. No way. Yeah, it was. I it, my dad has the video of it. That'll make you a fan. Well, oh, he was true. on the Cardinals, but it was late. Yeah, Damn. we just went too deep. <laughs> nobody knows who the fuck Ron. I, Gant I should have said Dave like, Justice. Nobody, yeah, I know. No, that's not even I know. Ken Griffey. It's like King Griffey or no, King nobody. Ron, Ron Gant's yeah. body was like a rock. It was like oh, chiseled in stone. Yeah. I mean, he was just—he was like a superhero to me, like a a real life action figure or something. No, he like looked I mean, like yes, he looked like a Captain America or something. Yeah. That's how his arms were. It was so unbelievable. Great. Yeah, I mean, it was just so amazing. Like I just thought he was looked like the coolest person you know, on earth you know he does morning tv now like he does <laughs> yeah in atlanta Weird. he just says morning tv <laughs> like just like early. al roker or something like that yeah. you know just like the view yeah <laughs> that's great and he invented bitcoin <laughs> <laughs> Ron Gay is worth a trillion dollars. He just shredded, just mining yeah. Bitcoin. Jose oh, Canseco shit. would be cool if he was Satoshi. <laughs> that would kind of be that would people would like that. I think that would be amazing. <laughs> he tweeted. Jose he just woke up from a dream, us. had the idea. Yeah. yeah. Done. He wouldn't be. He wouldn't be begging people to come down to his car wash. <laughs> yeah, his car wash. Yeah. He tweeted. He was tweeting today about his car wash. He's gonna be yeah. out. Yeah, at the car wash. He's very he's, he's very in need of money. So I wrote him to try and get him on this podcast, and he never responded. Uh, you do you offer him five hundred dollars? He'll do it. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably exactly right. So he's incredible. I mean, he calls people clowns. Oh yeah, he and hates stuff like A-Rod. that. Like he hates yeah. A Rod on Twitter. You so see that fight he was just in, and he got knocked out like immediately. Yeah, yes. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. Just knocked out. This is Jose yeah. Canseco getting punched out. And it's like, he's well, yeah, got to be his ma- late fifties, right? He was mad at yeah. Dave Portnoy because Dave Portnoy said it was a sad fight and it was just yeah. depressing. Oh, yeah, that's right. And then he got mad at Dave Portnoy. <laughs> it's so funny all that you know Jose Canseco where he, like he was so good at baseball. Like yeah. it's unbelievable how good yeah. he was at baseball. Now he's just a total joke. The steroids were a hell of a drug, though. I mean. You know, yeah, that only gets you so far, though. We won't get into that, but okay, okay, fine. The, the motherfucker could hit. It does something to your brain, though. After after a certain oh, time. you after effects. I yeah, got you. Yeah, 
Yeah. yeah. A lot of a lot of those baseball players now are are crazy. Like what's the the, the, the pitcher guy that he said a bunch of crazy shit? This is Tom Rocker? No. Oh, well, <laughs> poor Sam, no, but no, uh he played for the Reds. He was there. Oh, Kurt Schilling? Yeah. The Phillies he, pitcher, Red yeah. Sox pitcher, yeah. Isn't he crazy? He, well, he's just like ultra trumper and posted a is he really? picture of he posted a picture of a guy wearing a t-shirt that said uh journalist noose only some assembly applied or something tree Ooh. and he got fired yeah oh, God. <laughs> he was like like posting a picture of that is like i can get behind this and then he got they, fired from espn immediately didn't they call yeah. him the sheriff was he called the sheriff who kurt Schilling? yeah no who was called the sheriff as a nickname so, yeah Oh, I don't know. know. I'm he sorry. Was a I know the well, crime he dog. He's thinking the crime dog. Fred <laughs> yeah, McGriff. crime dog was Fred, Fred McGriff. Fred McGriff. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it was also awesome. Do you remember? Oh. No, okay, I'll say this. What a great transition from Sid Bream to him to crime dog. Oh my god! Right? Like, I mean, that's like uh, replacing uh, Diane on Cheers. Yeah, yeah, getting a Rebecca, you're right. I mean, getting a Rebecca. I mean, you're like, whoa, because I thought Sid Bream. I mean, it has one of the most iconic sliding. They're waving him home, sliding into home or whatever. That sports moment. That might be the most sports moment of my life. I watch honestly. that video often on YouTube and cry. Really? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. It, when I watched it live, I was. it was the most amazing thing. Yeah, I thing. remember. Yes. It, it my, felt like a movie, Like, yes. but it was real. It is my most vivid memory from my childhood watching that game happen live. I could it's not unbelievable because it. both his knees are so bandaged up and all that. You know, his knees are hard. Like, I know. Yeah, you can see it around third, just like barely it was, moving. It was unbelievable. Now, there's a great story behind that. Uh, we're getting real deep here because Barry Bonds was on the Pirates. Barry Bonds is the guy who made the throw home, right? Yeah. He was playing left field. Oh, yeah. Well, Okay, so before that play, Andy Van Slyke was the center fielder for the pilot or for the Pirates. He get, he told this in an interview twenty years later. Before that play, Andy Van Slyke, the center fielder, is in charge of where the positioning happens. Yeah, he motioned to Barry Bonds, "Hey, uh, come come further towards center field, right? That this is where you need to be positioned for yeah. this for this next hitter." And Barry Bonds basically told him to fuck off. Like, oh, really? I'm, I'm gonna do what I do. And then if you go watch the video. Barry Bonds had to come around and circle that ball to, to get around it, to take, yeah. take the throw. If he had been positioned where Andy Van Flight told him to, he would have hit it dead on. Like he would have, he would have thrown him out for sure. Cause there was a reporter after that, after that game in the Pirates clubhouse, he walked over after being in the Braves clubhouse celebrating and Andy Van Slyke would just sit naked with his head in his hands. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't know why. Like he was like, Oh, he must be sad because he lost or whatever. But yeah. no, he was devastated because he told Barry and Barry Bonds left for the giants that year. Free agency gone. Shit. Wow. That's some good ass lore. That's some good lore. And then became <laughs> arguably the, one of the best players ever. Right. I mean, yeah, the best, the best hitter ever for sure. So, but disliked, greatly disliked for for everything yeah. until yeah. they found out well, it was in fact him that created Pitbull. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Satoshi. <laughs> it was a team effort of him and Lance Armstrong. <laughs> All the cheaters got together. Yeah, we got to fix the money. <laughs> All right, see y'all later. Matt and Toby. Ha <laughs> ha.